Hi, this is Sophia Fairweather, and you're listening to Divorce Magazine Canada podcast. Hey, are you or someone you care about considering, dealing with, or being through a divorce or separation? Well, you're in the right place. You don't have to do this alone. There are people who care and want to help. Hi, I'm Dina Court, an author, blogger, publisher, and empowerment coach. Thanks for joining me on the Divorce Magazine Canada podcast. You are going to hear from our team of experts and professionals how to navigate this difficult transition in your life easier, more efficiently, and with better outcomes. Did you know we host online divorce resource groups that are free to attend and everyone is welcome? Check out the links in our show notes and be sure and join us. We love bringing experts to you. Please refer to our Terms of Service available on our website, divorcemagazinecanada.com, and stay tuned at the end for the legal language. Ready? Here we go. I have got one of the most fascinating guests yet to introduce you to today. You're, you're just going to love her. She's amazing. But in the meantime, I want to make sure that you know about a special event that we've planned for you. Did you know that there are actually judges and lawyers that are working to reform the family justice system? They know that it could do better. And that's just two of the presenters. That's our headliners. We have a judge and a lawyer that will be speaking to how they are working to reform the family justice system. This is all gonna happen in an event, in an evening, online, right away coming up on Tuesday, the 26th of September. And it's in the evening for three hours, jam-packed, 12 presentations from all types of backgrounds and expertise that will help you, everything from mortgages to your to your agreements uh, around divorce. There is a hypnotist, there's uh, more lawyers, there are uh, mortgage brokers and, oh my gosh, uh, mediators. 12 presentations, 12 different people that will be sharing their knowledge and expertise to really help and support you. Please check out this event. It's only 25 bucks for the early bird price and the early bird price ends today, September 15th. And you definitely want to grab that. And it's only 10 bucks more if you've missed this. It's 35 if you don't get the early bird. There is so much more value than that, but I wanted to make it accessible. You can also get the replays. So if you can't join that day or you want to be able to hear the replays, then you can grab a ticket that also gives you all the replays. This is something that you really don't want to miss. And I am excited to bring these people to you. It's, it's really going to be helpful in whatever stage you are in a divorce or a separation. Now, today on the Divorce Diaries series, Sophia Fairweather, in the ripe, at the ripe old age of 15, has accomplished incredible things, is so innovative, and she's just, she's amazing. I am so also happy to and pleased to say that she is being recognized. She does have awards already that has recognized her amazing accomplishments. And I can't wait to see what how the future unfolds, what she does in her future. You're just going to love her. And she's so down to earth and the sweetest person ever. Let's meet her now. Hey, Sophia. I am excited Hi. to you. Hi. You're coming to us from uh, New Brunswick today, which you're um, you're on a vacation and you've taken the time out to be with us. I love 
love, love that you have offered to share your story as a child who has experienced divorce. And I really admire your caring heart, your bravery to offer to tell your story. And I think it's going to be really amazing for parents to hear this, for other people to hear this, for, uh, I don't know how many kids are in my audience and teens are listening to this show, but if their parents hear it and can say, listen, like this girl is amazing. She, she shared her story. And I think it might be helpful if you listen to it. So welcome, Sophia, please tell us uh, more about yourself and why you offered to share your story in this Divorce Diaries series. Absolutely. I mean, I can, if it helps, I can kind of go through a little bit of a background, kind of like a summary of me all the way from the beginning. Um, act is I so really, I was born in Whitehorse. So I currently live in Edmonton, Alberta. And but I was born in Whitehorse, and my parents were married. And then we went to Ottawa. And I was around three when I believe when my dad then went to Edmonton. And that was because my parents were going through just a separation at that time, because they found that they were having some difficulties. And then they decided to try it again. And so my mom moved out to Edmonton. And they lived together. And then that's how I got my brother. So I have a 11 year old brother uh, called James and we're very close. And then they ended up finally divorcing when I was six years old. And James is four years younger than me. So he was two. So he's always known uh, my parents as divorced. But uh, so but since then, I have always never seen it as a barrier to be able to do things and because I've never seen it as a barrier I've kind of gone down an entrepreneurial path and now really jumping into the future I uh part of a womanizer group uh, it's called womanizer I believe hopefully I'm oh, I think I'm saying that right and that's where I met you and I just saw a connection there and I decided you know hey why not this is something I've never talked about before and uh, my experience may be helpful or interesting to those listening. So yeah, just decided to give it a go. Okay, you're 15. I am so impressed with the maturity that you present with. Um, it's Womanition that we met at, at a biz brigade. Womanition. Yeah, and oh. it's it's Womanizer. I like that, actually. <laughs> I think it could be called that as well. But yes, yeah. it's a fabulous group of very inspiring, incredible women. And I love that you are the future of this type of entrepreneurship that we're seeing expand and grow. And, you know, we're all supporting each other in that. So you have known many years of divorce and that process. Do you remember a time when your mother moved to Edmonton and they were trying again? And do you remember what were your experiences at that time? How did how did you feel? Were you really, really optimistic and hoping this would work? At the time, actually, I don't even I don't have much memories from the time, um, but like I never I never remember any negative experiences or loneliness or sadness. I just knew that like in the Ottawa house, 
I just knew that he wasn't there and I thought he was just like out at a work trip. My dad did a lot of contracting, so he sometimes was not there. And actually, I went on two flights before we actually moved out to Edmonton, two flights uh, to see my dad for a couple of months during the summer. And I just remember being super happy to see him again. And I never, like, I didn't know that they were separated or anything. I just thought that they just weren't together at that time because they were doing different things. Um, and then when we finally moved out, so it was just completely different than I would have perceived it if I was eight or maybe 10 or 11. It just, it never clued into me that they were having problems or anything. It just, he was in a different place at that time. That makes sense. And yeah. you would try and rationalize it in a way that puts a positive spin because you, you want to yeah. hope for the best, right? Now, once you moved to Edmonton and they, they were living together, eventually realized it wasn't going to work. There must have been some tough times to experience then or, or that you sensed that things maybe weren't as happy as, as you'd hoped or that you would hope. I think the when I finally recognized that something was really different was I so it was it was not when so when they finally did break up uh, or they're going through the at least the first beginning of the divorce my dad actually lived in the basement of my mom so that wasn't really anything different but I remember he was like they were trying to explain to me what was happening but I wasn't really listening. Like I really wasn't paying attention. I didn't actually know what was happening uh, until he finally bought a place in Wetaskiwin. And that's like an hour drive outside of Edmonton. And I remember going to this new house and I just thought he was buying a new place. I didn't think anything was weird of it. And I was very excited. I mean, that's kind of cool moving. Mm -hmm. I thought everyone was moving though. And then he finally kind of, he was living there and like two months after that or something around that I think I finally started cluing in because I was missing the other parent because instead of one parent always not being there it was on and off because we had a Friday switch and we still have a Friday switch and I just that's when I finally started realizing something was wrong and there was a polarization between the two that right. I was starting to finally feel that the divorce was causing um and all those kind of logistical details were causing and uh, I just started slowly more cluing into that polarization as I kept getting older now I want to clarify here that you do have your parents permission to share this story and um, in case anybody's wondering like wait a minute <laughs> did you just pull this kid on the show and and uh you know just tell all but but I love that it really sounds your, like your family has been very cognizant of managing that transition and, and those different stages and phases of, you know, to try, they, they separated, then they tried again, then um, they didn't, mm -hmm. they weren't creating a lot of very visible conflict or, you know, a lot of um, heavy drama for you to deal with, because it sounds like you aren't left with some um, some really hard things to process. Would that be accurate? I think I'm still sorting through it at the time. I, I mean, I'll, I'll address the first thing you said there is, yes, my parents do give the permission. They recognize that as I've slowly become my own person, 
and they've they've recognized that they dislike each other and that impacts both me and my brother and yeah there's there's always the kind of it, it's it's very hard to explain to someone that's never experienced it but when there's a polarization between the two households you gossip about each, the other parent it, you can't like I don't know if it's something that all families experience but my family definitely has it and I mean when I was six years old I wasn't listening to it or it didn't stick but when I was slowly eight nine ten that's when I started realizing if I talked about the other house there was negative side like side effects sometimes because they were still fighting they're still on the defense against each other uh, so that was always kind of interesting um and I, they they do both recognize that the divorce and the polarization has not been good, and they they recognize that it does impact me and James. But that's why I'm willing to talk about it, and that's why they're okay with it. But it's such a difficult thing to explain, and it's not like this happens once in a while. Like this is something I've been living with for nine years, and so right. it just it's always there. And it's not like this only happens in one year. And that's how I find if I explain this to someone, they just think about it as one year, but it grades on you. And it just keeps happening. And that can be exhausting and tiring. You have to tell them to stop, but they see it as maybe just telling stories or telling you of the problems. But if you don't want to know those problems or the way you do it is heavily, heavily negative, um, and that, that can be a problem at times. And if I was to give a recommendation ever to families is to just not gossip or be overly negative about the other parent, that's different than just telling stories or just talking because they're your parents, so it's different. That is one of the best pieces of advice I've heard yet. And the source that it would come from a child who's experienced this, like a teen, a young, a young person who has spent nine years through this process that is still ongoing. And what a very valid observation. Yeah, and yeah. I, I thank you for that advice because not only are you in it, you're accustomed to it. This is part of your environment. It is very draining, very exhausting. Yeah. And yeah. just because it's there, and happening and it is recognized you are bringing attention to it and you are making the request that it you know that there is an emotion and negativity added when you do just want to share something uh you probably I'm, I'm guessing you hesitate to share like oh this was really fun or this is happening at my other home and oh yeah uh oh yeah the, yeah i just don't talk about the other house yeah I think this is so yeah, important. I, I, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it's such, yeah, it's just such a thing that people don't get. And my brother is now sadly slowing, slowly queuing into it. That I started experiencing it when I was starting to mature, and I mean, because you're slowly starting to mature, you're. It's not a purposeful thing, but you're seen as the other adult in the house, and yes. you're not. Yes. And now that my brother's mature, he's also experiencing that, but he's also experiencing when he tells stories and thinks about the other house, 
that's not just telling a story that's talking about this person's rival mm-hmm. and because they still argue I mean between schools like schools it's a huge point for us um, because that's another thing if one parent really really supports something or brings it up then the other parent thinks that they're swaying you even if you're not and then you really really have to explain that it's something that you want and not just something that you're being manipulated into that's very exhausting you really yeah it's something about you have to really either take charge or it has to be something you have to completely do yourself because I mean I'm this is a completely like left field story but um when I first started my periods I had really heavy ones and it had really really bad cramps and I was trying to find solutions how to lessen those cramps and one parent recommended going on the pill or those kind of medications and the minute that was brought up the other parent was totally against it totally against me being on any medication to do with periods said this is normal which it wasn't at the time I was having eight nine heavy period days it was not normal but they were just completely ignoring that fact because they just saw it as something to attack the other parent with and just ignored the fact that it was actually hurting me um so I just ended up having to completely take charge myself and I set up a doctor appointment I called my I called the doctor I said hi I want to talk with you I want to figure out like what can I do about this because I went to doctor's appointments with both the parents, but when they went to the other parent with all the information, they had very different stories and it was with the same physician. So it just wasn't working out that way. So I made the appointment. I talked with them and I said, okay, so I want this now that I naturally knew everything. And she said, okay. And then gave me the prescription. And then I walked to the Walmart and I picked up the prescription and then I got the little patches that I decided to go on because I saw that it's just less invasive and it helped me and it helped me control my period because it was also pretty sporadic wasn't like a consistent time each month or anything right so yeah like that's a very minuscule version of any activity anything that I do in my life there's always that thing. And that's just like an example, one that was actually um, able to kind of do myself or kind of fix it in a way. Uh, so yeah. Sophia, I want to unpack this a little bit. This is profound. The fact that you, I'm serious here. Yeah. The fact that you, you don't, you're, you don't like, you're so used to being this phenomenal person that you don't see, you don't see what I'm seeing and what the listeners are going to hear is not only how again I, I like mature comes to mind and so resilient and how you are resourceful and and you you approach things with a can-do attitude and and yet you're very realistic about that there are negative forces that are are underlying a lot of what's happening and that it, they don't have to be there that they're that that can be addressed and pointed out and and acknowledge like listen adults you're adding some negative drama that does not need to be here what the one word that really caught my attention was rival rival and how they 
consider each other rivals. And so that mm-hmm. adds explosive power to anything because that automatically indicates competition. So if mm-hmm. somebody, That's what it is. yeah, so if something comes up, they feel compelled to to disagree to to feel the opposite well if they think this then as 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 my rival in competition then i automatically should be thinking the opposite and i'm going to fight for the opposite that leaves who in the middle the person Mm -hmm. with the person with the either the desire to let's say you want to play hockey or maybe you have um a health concern like your period um whatever it is if it's positive negative it's something you want to do or or be or go whatever it is then that leaves you in the middle and this comes up the other thing that is very unfortunate is you're basically having to mute half of your life or whatever percentage that you're in in each home so you you're having to to mute that hide that uh keep that quiet and be very careful uh, hyper vigilant about what you say and share or mm-hmm. happen to mention. And, you know, who, who does that leave you to talk about? So what if you do have a question or a concern or, or just a, a request that you want to make from one home and you, and you kind of want to talk it over with the other parent? Well, it's, yeah, it's a very loaded, not possible. not possible. So where does that leave you? Not possible. There you are in the middle. The other yeah. thing before we, uh, before you respond to that is I'm super impressed that you shared a story about your period because I came from the generation that when you if you anything to do with that you didn't talk about with anybody maybe your mom and uh, if you did need any products or anything like that you would never mention it in the in the vehicle with your dad and brother or anything like that I mean that whole generation and it's still kind of there right it's a it's this taboo topic. And yet I, I, I wrote a whole, I blog as well. I have a separate website, you go girl. And I blog there and I addressed that topic and why, like what is causing, uh, what has led us right from biblical times, um, to, you know, where women were thought to be unclean when they were menstruating and all that. And I explore that in a blog and, and really encourage it's been a block for me to speak openly about that. And, you know, I really commend my, my partner and how he is a parent to his teen daughters and man, he's incredible. Like he will have those conversations. His mom is a retired public health nurse. Like that stuff is that's on, that's open. That's open conversation. I so respect and admire that. So the fact that you on a a podcast, not only you mentioned to me talking about your experiences through a divorce from your perspective is not something that you just, you're not, you don't, this is the first time you're sharing this. And I I'm so honored mm-hmm. that you've chosen um, to share it. And I hope that this leads to you feeling uh, compelled to do so more. And I, I think you have a lot of value to offer. And also now that you would broach that subject and use that as an example, and I don't mean to make this like a big, massive deal, but it is to a lot of the listeners, because I think many of them are coming from a generation, you know, where, what did she just say? <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you. Thank you for going down that road. Now, um, please continue and tell us, tell us more, respond to what I've just said. And <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I know I hadn't actually think about it, but when you find like, 
when you said that this was that was a story I realized that yeah that it, because of the polarization or that kind of thing going on it made it a lot more scary and dramatic than I thought it was because I mean both my parents they're very smart and they're very good speakers so they're very persuasive on both sides so I heard the why you should go on it and these are all the problems that you have and this is how it's going to get worse and then I heard if you do go on it you'll like all these bad things will happen and it just made a lot more dramatic a lot more stressful experience that didn't need to be because I wasn't going to die either way I'm not on the patch anymore because it calmed down so it was it's just like that that's just like a smaller version of how everything else gets blown up and you just have to be really really careful how you bring up an activity or a topic because you just don't want that to happen with everything because it's exhausting and then it involves a lot of talking a lot of kind of diplomacy and it's helped me become a really good speaker uh so I'll let you know that but or at least a decent speaker um so yeah it's it just makes her kind of interesting and different and it's a hard type of difference to explain especially to other like my peers and things it's just something you can't talk about because they don't understand and it's a different experience between all divorced children as well uh, it's very different I have one person that is no longer able to stay with her father that's a very very different she had a very much more difficult experience than I did but mine was still difficult and still is difficult um so yeah what did you find helped you what kept you grounded what uh, how have you grown to be this type of person after already spending nine years in it and it's still ongoing it's still it's still very much your lifestyle what is it that has helped you be who you are I found to have um well because I guess it's just always trying to find how can I fix this? How can I make this better? Like, I don't want this to stop me from doing things. And uh, so it just means that I've had to take a lot more initiative. And so it has made me a lot more of a risk taker in a way, because now I have more experience taking charge and doing my own things. Um, I do a lot more things that are seen as very mature and that even university, like, I go to events, people think I'm a university student, and that's fair. I also, I'm older now, so I kind of can look like it. Um, but having my, something to build, like, all my kind of entrepreneurial things, like, right now I'm in property, but before that, I was doing products, and I was speaking for other youth, getting into STEM. Like, it's a completely different genre than, like, like I said, this is a completely, like, this is more of, like, my personal life and it's a side that I don't talk about with people because I don't talk about with family because both sides of the family are polarized right. except like oh, like not even a handful like and not yeah so that's always kind of fun and I can't talk about with friends so like there's no one to talk about except my brother and that's made us even closer um and it's me also trying to prevent him from stepping in line landmines and things like there was a one thing I like when I was nine or 10, I it ended up actually going legal because of a picture that I took. 
and it went legal. Like they were literally calling lawyers against each other and they still talk about it to this day, blame the other parents and things like that. Like, it, like it's, it's just such a, like it's not every single day that they bring it up, but it's always there. And it's those mistakes, mistakes that you make that really make you cautious. And it, it just makes things difficult. And it's made, yeah, it's just, it makes, yeah, it's interesting. And it's probably not been easy for my brother to watch either. So, right. And I found that is the same. When I started this podcast, when I started this work, it was because I have been through a divorce. I lived over 30 years in an abusive relationship. I wanted that in my past, but I kept seeing examples of people who, needed to know they weren't alone that needed to hear my experience I wanted to make good of it and I wanted to help others and so it was it was one thing to I speak and I I have written books about mindset and manifesting those types of things but really the important thing to share is the difficult things. And that's what will resonate with people and support them. So it is tough to share those personal, that personal side, you know, we've got the entrepreneurial role and um, it's not a mask, but it's a, it's a personnel. It's a, you know, how we personify and represent ourselves. So we present as this entrepreneur and we're very comfortable with our, you know, whether you have products or a service, but then when we talk about yep. the personal, that's actually who people are doing business with is you, the person. Yeah. And when we allow that vulnerability and that transparency, that's when the beautiful connections and relationships start to build. And so I really commend you yeah. for, for allowing this um, time to share more about you personally. I would, I'm, I'd love to hear more about your story, but I would like to also have you tell us about your entrepreneurial experiences and what ventures you have going right now and where where you see yourself in the future. That's exciting. Yeah, I that's the more fun side of things. Uh, and honestly, not to kind of completely drag back into the divorce part, but I found that because of the positions I've been put in and all that kind of stuff, it has made me more flexible. I know how to take charge and I'm a really good or not a really good communicator, but I'm a lot more comfortable being a communicator now. So that has really supported me. And so, like I said, I started with products uh, when I was around five years old. I was really into making cookies and coffee and or I was really into cookies. So I sold those at my dad's work and I walked around and I sold these cookies to people and I saw that they were having coffee with their cookies. And so I decided, you know what? I'm already going to this coffee place. And like, I'm already like in the building all the time. So I reached out to the people and I said like, hey, can I also provide the coffee? Like that just is another thing I could do. I thought that'd be kind of fun. And so when I was like between five and like five and a half, probably more around the six kind of area, I uh, took over the coffee club for that building and I was putting the coffees and the cookies. And I decided that uh, after making around $7,000 from that, (laughs) I wanted to do more. And so I made a product and the way I made the product was 
I, I'm, I was at an art school, so I wanted to make things pretty. And one of the things that my dad used a lot in his car was Velcro and for his phone. And so I decided to make a prettier version for Velcro in the phone, like for his phone on the dashboard and for other things as well. But I called the smartphone adhesive and it was Funcro. And so I sold, I think at the most 10,000 units of Funcro. And there are of course other sales I did to kind of local, um, like in Wetaskiwin, I sold to a clothing person that just had their own clothing store there. And uh, I did a few other sales and whatnot. And that was a lot of fun. And I ended up getting $70,000 from that. And I also made some other products as well, because I just enjoyed the ideation process of that all. So I also made some other products. And I used those as examples for other youth, other girls specifically, to get into STEM. Because um, another kind of caveat into the divorce thing is, when you have parents that fight about doing all these activities and stuff, it really makes being in activities very, very difficult, at least for my my family. So I ended up doing something that didn't involve a schedule, essentially. And that uh, allowed me to do all these kind of get into STEM and get into this entrepreneurial path. And I saw it as amazing. And I saw it as something I really enjoyed doing. Um, and I enjoyed it a lot more than doing hockey or singing. So I wanted to share it to other youth and other girls. And so I had these other products and I essentially I led by example. And so that's what I did for a little while there until I was around 11. And I decided that I had this money and I had done all this stuff, but awareness wasn't doing a whole lot. Like girls and the youth, they actually needed supports. They needed access they wanted to get into this like I had through my dad's work and so I was kind of stewing there for a little bit and while that was happening I took a little bit of the $70,000 and I used it as a down payment for a fourplex uh, like a four unit property because that's what my dad's side of the family they would they were huge into fourplexes and the model that they use is you live in one unit and you rent out the others and then the three units that you're renting out pays all the housing expenses, including the so, mortgage. So just a minute. I got to jump in here. You're 11 when you become the first property owner? It, roughly? No, I mean, had to be a little bit because at being under 18, you can't actually buy property. Yes. So I gave that section of money. I gave it to my, I gave it to my grampy. And then he also had the credit court, credit, uh, score and the qualifying room right to go into the property yes <laughs> uh, so I uh, essentially I funded the project right uh so but it's this model that uh of like kind of having this ability when I turn 18 the house is going to be turned over to me then I can live in that unit and then I have that revenue and there's also $500 monthly that you have uh and currently that's just going into savings right but that could go towards food uh, and then, so I have all my basic needs covered off. I have that stability. And this is the model I decided because it was something I was actually familiar with to give to these other youth as a way to give them stability and give them access to then achieve a higher education in STEM or to be able to do their entrepreneurial innovation kind of pursuits. And then I've also recently decided to set up a proposal that I'm kind of fishing around with where I'll be connecting youth that are under 18 
preferably, but it's a little bit of an interesting place to figure out where I can fit in. But connecting these youth that uh, are interested in innovation to uh, the actual outlets that are out there, because now I'm actually aware of the ecosystem. I just need to connect these youth to the ecosystem places like Edmonton Unlimited and Business Link so that they can get the appropriate resources to be able to continue growing. Because, first of all, a lot of youth aren't aware of the ecosystem. It's kind of broadcasted to adults mostly. Um, but also, the people that are in something like junior achievement, it, the, it's like the ideation process. So, like, they can create the thing, but by the end of the course or whatever they're in, it kind of just stops. And then they have this product, and then it just, like, what do I do now? And they don't teach them a lot of the other additional skills, like how to make a briefing note, how to make a good email, how to stay in contact, go on LinkedIn, a LinkedIn account. That is such a basic, simple, amazingly helpful thing, just having your LinkedIn account. And like finding manufacturers, that's crazy important. So if I'm able to connect these youth that are especially at these places like Junior Achievement or have these ideas, and just the youth that are also interested in innovation to the appropriate resources and the place that already have all the supports and resources and just don't broadcast to the under 18 beautiful place of ideas and intelligence and eagerness. Um, like a lot of people that I know, but they go into singing and dancing and hockey and instead go to this, then that helps the ecosystem, but it also helps these youth be able to get into a sector earlier and be able to have all the experiences and create and innovate, which is a lot of fun. Sophia, I am thrilled to think of what the future holds, not only for you, but for the world, having people like you in it and how you are leading. You're, you're creating change and opportunity for others around you. You're lifting them with you. That's just, it's absolutely beautiful. And I, I just sense all the enthusiasm and the, the, the optimism and hopefulness. And, and you, you, it's like you can see an opportunity anywhere. I'm blown away that at five, you already saw not only an opportunity to supply a service that people would really enjoy with the cookies, but then you noticed and recognized, hey, there's an opportunity with the coffee too. And then you uh, made that happen as well at such I have a grandson who's five I can't even like he's brilliant I don't know that he would have a business opportunity that he would recognize or consider I'm sure his parents well, would absolutely see, support really it but <laughs> simple like the really nice kind of correlation I mean so first of all what I what I wanted to do initially actually was a lemonade stand right but then I didn't like making lemonade so <laughs> I had to, but I enjoyed making cookies and I had done that many times before. So that's what I decided to start making, but those would melt in the sun and that kind right. of thing. And then, so I was like, I was like wondering what I could do. Um, I mean, I don't remember it this clearly, but somehow that turned over to a, like, where's somewhere with a lot of people. And I knew my mom and dad always went to work. Um, and that, that's, I, I think I wanted to give it a initially to like the daycare I was going to but there's like all these allergy things so I couldn't right. do it there uh so I went to instead my dad's office building and I gave it around there 
And so that's how I kind of got there. So it's not as complicated. Um, and also, I mean, it's not like five-year-olds don't have intelligence to them. I mean, that's when you first start kind of getting them into piano. Right. Or that's when you start getting them into ballet. I was actually in a ballet class when I was five. Like, that's when you start introducing them to all these career paths and passions and things that possibly they'll have an interest in. If they don't, then you move on to the next thing. And innovation and entrepreneurship or STEM is just another one of those. I think what's the factor that you had and exhibited and are and continue to do that many kids have that maybe isn't utilized as as well as it could be is that self-awareness so obviously the intelligence but also the self-awareness so you recognized at five a lemonade stand is what everybody you know lots of kids are doing they make a couple mm -hmm. bucks I don't like making lemonade what do I like making and so you you were self-aware well I like making cookies okay let's try that well let's see they melt in the sun I'm not just going to give up where could I sell them where are there people where are there people that could buy the types of cookies I make that aren't concerned about allergies. Like you, you, you just kept looking and pivoting and, and adjusting and, and made it happen. And it's, it's something that I, I mean, I've, like I just mentioned, I've written books about that, you know, make it happen, figure that out, don't give up. And no matter how big or small the dream is, it leads to other things. And I just really, really admire uh, what you've done. And it's, you're inspiring me because there's lots of times I think too, um, nah, maybe that's not working. <laughs> you know, maybe yeah, I'll just give it up. No, no, let's stop and just step back. Maybe ask some other people, what are they observing? Where might there be some other opportunity and make this mm -hmm. happen? Now, one thing I would really appreciate you telling us more about, you've mentioned STEM. Can you, what is that? Oh, yeah, I, I forget sometimes in my little groups, that's usually something. I mean, there's STEM, there's STEAM, there's STEMI, there's all these abbreviations. But like, I think the oldest one is STEM. And that stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, that's why I, I'm slowly, I'm trying to pivot myself around to just saying entrepreneurship and um, innovation, because that's something that people kind of click into and that's kind of more my area of things but I was for a while there I was in STEM like that's what I was doing creating things so it's still kind of there now is that um, an is yeah. that an organization Sophia or oh no STEM it's is just, just an abbreviation a, for our, right it's just out there yeah it's, it's just yes. out there okay now what is yeah. your current you probably have multiple projects what is, are your current passions in, in entrepreneurship and uh, where, where are you working now to, to grow? Yeah. So the way I ended off with uh, that's what I like the idea, the, the um, model of the fourplex, that's what I'm currently pursuing. And it's called key angels and we've helped six views so far. And so they're stable and everything. One of them was actually a under 18 youth. Uh, who had two younger siblings underneath her and so now they have that kind of stability around them such a uh, that's one of my pride stories uh, obviously I don't I don't like to get into too much just because it kind of feels like it's a breach of whatever but that's one of the ones I'm very proud of uh, but we helped six youth and um, I don't know what else is in there well there's also the youth that are underneath them so the youth that we couldn't help yet, because, I mean, this was still a new idea that we were kind of test piloting, the youth that are underneath them, 
quite a few of them after seeing the model work have now wanted to be the next wave of right. you so it's been a lot of figuring out where can we do this through talking with banks things like that uh, and then there's the proposal I talked about of uh, reaching out to uh, places with youth or just finding a way to bring awareness to youth to the ecosystem and connecting them to those ecosystems so that they can either continue growing their idea or just be introduced to the kind of innovation entrepreneurship ecosystem that's around them. Give us some examples of the products that you use to grow this, this startup revenue so that you had something to invest and to fund these projects. Yeah, so I had uh, FunCrow. That was the main one. Uh, so that was why I turned Velcro into something prettier. Uh, and that was a whole thing because we did initially try to do local, uh, like tried to go through local manufacturers, but either the glue wasn't right or the ink wasn't right. And I mean, at the time I was thinking like, Velcro already exists. Like how difficult is this? We just need like more precise ink. Like I just thought it was so weird, like how hard this was. So we ended up going to China and uh, they, after some kind of trial and error with them, we were able to figure out some prints that were popular. I got the Fairweather Crest. I actually have that at home. And uh, yeah, we were just able to kind of go through that. So that's what I ended up doing the most revenue on. And that's what I got kind of at the end of it, $70,000. And then I used like 12000 or so for the down payment of the property. So I still had a lot extra. And of course, I still have my parents' support and able to kind of drive to things. I have my learners now, but I have to wait till I'm 16 to get my like class 5E or whatever it is. Oh no, I think Alberta got rid of that E. So I think it's just class 5 you get now. So like I do have support getting places, sometimes buying things, my grandparents as well. My Grammy's really big into kind of fashion and stuff. She was a model here in New Brunswick. That's why I'm here in New Brunswick because my family originated from here. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. I I love how I'm in the entrepreneurial field and I really enjoyed it and it gives me a lot of passion and energy. And I think introducing more youth to that would be really good for them just for the experience. Even if they're not super interested into it, they know it's there and it's a lot of fun. So I love the entrepreneurial mindset because it, it is innovative and you've used that word. And I think that sums it up beautifully is how you have to be open to new ideas, different directions mm -hmm. than you thought mm -hmm. you might go and just, just roll with it and keep a yeah. very, a very open mind and be willing to hear feedback or run into walls and then change direction or find a way yeah. over it <laughs> and not to be, yeah not to be too abrupt with the like tra transition into the kind of divorce thing I bumped into a lot of walls and I wasn't able to do what all my friends were doing but I decided I still wanted to do something I still wanted to do something extracurricular and so I just started with cookies and I just kept progressing from there and it was something that I could do solo was something that I had more control over so like I could actually do it and it gave me a sense of purpose and some direction in my life and if I ever felt sad I could always think of this and it, it, it just filled me like I said passion and energy so it, I found that it's been really good for me having this thing and it helps you rise above 
the the underlying currents yeah. right yeah and yeah, and it, exactly. it it gives you hope that you know this is temporary this situation where you are actually very dependent in many ways you're creating yeah. independence while you're in that yeah. space yeah. and 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 that dependence is temporary and it's going to be even even more temporary for someone like you who is creating independence while while you're at this age already so by 18 a lot of those undercurrents won't have the same power over you sort of thing yeah they they you will be out managing on your own you're creating you're leading and you have an incredible future ready for you is there any advice that you would give to to kids that are where where you've been for the last nine years and um what what would you say would be the top things that they could be focusing on or would give them some encouragement um i think the first one i mean i don't i'm not very great on encouragement but i think it kind of falls back to i mean i was gonna say take charge but that sounds so cliche and like useless it's not even funny but when you said independence that's really what i've been doing all these people i've been depending on that haven't been very big pillars in my life i ended up making my own independence i ended up making my own stability and then reaching out and finding the people in my life mentors and then my grandparents sometimes to be the kind of these pillars for me and to get advice from and so it's just adapting and finding your own independence be it through your own passion or I don't know meditating or something but finding your own independence and the way I did that was through finding my passion and continuously growing it so then I am independent and I have my security for even if I'm not like constantly in threat or anything but I have that security around me and for in the future I'm creating that security so yeah and that stability as well honestly I like what you said about mentors Sophia because when people people kids but at any age but especially where you're trying to create some independence if they recognize someone who is doing what they would like to do sometime or there is a teacher or there's you know if they are right now they are say taking music or dance or a sport and if they see that there's more they want to want to do to ask those people would you would you consider being a mentor or could you teach me could you give me some extra time or point me towards some resources that i can learn what to do yeah. what you're doing and to grow in that i you know is there a future or just could we sit down and and go for an ice cream or something and could could i ask you some questions about what you do and and whether it's something that you would help me to reach or maybe tell me some things uh that about it that it, you know the pros the cons because maybe it looks really wonderful but when you sit down with the person they say well i really wish i'd have rather maybe gone down this path or these are some things some sacrifices I've had to make that you're going to have to consider. So I think it's really, that's great advice is to, you know, look for where you can build that independence. And I loved that you mentioned mentors. Many, many people would be truly honored if they were asked questions about what they're doing and 
would love to help. And it's just a matter of being brave enough. And you, you know, you've demonstrated that and the success that can come from that. And you learn about yourself. And it might be something that you find that's interesting and you decide to pursue it for a while. And there's no guilt in changing directions or trying something different and failing forward. You're not going to try and you're not going to get forward unless you allow yourself some, some space to fail as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think branching out and finding the people around you for anybody is super important. I mean, not just children of divorcees. We all kind of see the, but we're with our parents so much. We end up seeing the kind of ugly sides or the negative sides of them, especially for children of divorcees. So finding those other mentors, find those other pillars for other people to learn from. Um, one of my personal favorites is Simon Sinek. Oh, yes. uh, and uh, obviously I've never met him in real life, but I find <laughs> he's a great resource to learn from. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think finding other people outside and then you get to realize that not everyone is super doom and gloom and that there's good in the world and all that kind of stuff. So how can kids approach the conversations with their parents obviously it's very very personal and very individual to the situation yeah but how how would you suggest they maybe approach those conversations where they try and help their parents understand that this this is a difficult spot to be in the middle and mm-hmm. could they please um recognize that that what how they're reacting maybe to something that you're sharing is causing a lot of negative um, negative reactions, negative feelings for you to to be there in the middle. I don't haven't figured that out yet. I mean, that's why it isn't currently Fair enough. fixed. I don't think it ever will be completely. It's just something that's so ingrained in them because right. it's just so natural. Um I mean, like you're going to gossip about people um, and especially about the main person in your life that you have to constantly be fighting with or constantly be in contact with. So I honestly don't really know, but try to recognize that these, that your parents are people who have had very difficult experiences with each other um, and that they've had a hard time. I recognize that they, they had a difficult like they've it's not a it's not a happy relationship between those two so it it, like they've had their big problems so it's just trying to remember that but I honestly haven't figured it out yeah I mean I honestly I don't even really know how to bring it up I mean I imagine the conversation sometimes but I can also like if I brought that up we can also imagine alienating them and I'm not sure if I'm ready to do that yet especially at I'm 15 so it, it makes it difficult unless I'm ready to live by myself. And I have considered honestly living with my aunt and she's completely up to that. But at the same time, I don't want to alienate them yet. So mm-hmm. I have my options. I have my ways out, but I'm not sure I'm ready to do them yet or even ever. Uh, but having the choices is very nice. So think about it, but also recognize how you're feeling and where you're at. I think the gem there in what you just shared, Sophia, is to remind kids that they allow their parents some space that they realize and recognize the difficult experience that their parents are 
mm-hmm. are in and will be for the rest of their lives because they have oh, yeah. shared yeah. children and just, you know, forgiving that and understanding that some compassion around that it's, it, it shouldn't be on the kids to necessarily have to bring that up, but speaking up for them for yourself, again, like you mentioned, depending on your situation could cause alienation, but it also, you know, may cause some, some more consideration. So I, I like, I think the gem there is where you said for kids just to understand how difficult this is for their parents as well. And that that other person's going to be a rival and probably always will be. And it's just going to include some, some awkwardness and negativity and um, you know, they're trying their best and the kids are trying their best. Everybody's just trying to get through this with uh, the Mm -hmm. least amount of damage. So I think that's important. And yeah, you're trying to figure it out. I think you're an incredible communicator, but yes, when there's emotional involved and those types of conversations, I'm not sure how to best do that. Now I can speak from an adult with an adult child. My children were both adults when I was divorced and there, I just commend my daughter who requested that we sit down with a mediator, her and I, because our relationship had changed. She was expecting her first child. And all of a sudden this child isn't going to have grandparents that are married, right? Like now there's this split and there's this, there's this drama. And she felt like the closeness that we'd had was, was change had changed. And she was concerned because I was out trying to figure out who I was now, you know, 30 some years later. And she requested we sit down with a mediator and have those conversations. And it was incredible. What a beautiful gift. I hadn't even realized that was an option. Now with the work I'm doing with Divorce Magazine, I'm learning about the resources that are available to help people. And we did, we sat down with a mediator. We had some conversations. She you know, would she was there to do what mediators do, right? To help facilitate that. And it was incredible and it really made a difference. So I guess that would be an option for families that I would really encourage. And, you know, it might be something that you would want to consider or or request. Um, There's also divorce coaches and mentors that are out there to, to really assist people with all that, that tricky stuff. And (laughs) so, Um, yeah, I guess that's, that's where I would, would say to do that. Now, I really appreciate so appreciate the time that you took to have this conversation with me and, and share your story, your enthusiasm, your very inspiring future that you are leading others and helping others as well to achieve. And I really am excited to watch what happens in Sophia Fairweather's life and world. And I hope to have you back again. If there is more that we can share with you know, with youth and give them that hope and that encouragement to just follow your dreams and find a way to make them happen. Mm-hmm. Thank you and for being all the here. Barriers. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. And yeah, I, I I hope so. I would love to come back and if I can support the youth, but also kind of give a 
maybe a reality check sometimes to the adults. So, yeah. That's so valuable to hear that perspective. And when they hear it from you, they hear it differently than the emotionally loaded, the way they'd hear it from their own kids. And I think you're speaking, you're really representing many. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned barriers. You, I interrupted you there. Oh yeah. I was just going to say, I forgot who told me this. I'm not going to be able to say the quote, right. But barriers are more like, imagine it more like a stream. It's just directing you towards a different path. I, that's how I got into innovation entrepreneurship. I wanted to do something. I couldn't do what all these other kids were doing. So instead I went to innovation, creating things, entrepreneurship, that kind of route. So yeah, things, things will work out as long as you just stay true to what you want to do and just recognizing what you want and just seeing that passion in it because you'll be able to draw energy and passion from your energy and passion. Uh, you can't really do that from someone else's. Uh, I mean, you sometimes can, but if you're going to be pushed in towards something that you really don't want to do, you're not going to be able to draw anything from that. And it's exhausting, honestly. So, yeah. What a great place to end. And I think your barriers, uh, let's say, choose cookies over lemonade. <laughs> yeah. You, you used something you bumped up against and just went, wait a minute, I'm just going to follow where it leads me, like you say, a stream and and just flow with it and i love that thank you sophia have a fantastic rest of your day hopefully you heard something today that helps you wherever you might be in life do you have questions or a suggestion for a topic you want to know more about let me know check the show notes for all the contact information follow this podcast and find us on social know anyone who might find this information helpful be a friend and share it And hey, thank you for hanging out with me today. Keep smiling that beautiful smile. The world needs your sunshine. It means a lot that you spend this time with us and meet our experts and professionals who can help you through divorce or separation. Please refer to our terms of service available on our website, divorcemagazinecanada.com. The link is in the show notes. Our disclaimer, divorce resource groups, blog, and all content including our podcast, is intended to educate and provide quality, credible resource information. The contents should not be used as factual until consultation with the appropriate professionals for any guidance. Divorce Magazine Canada does not constitute endorsements for nor liability for any claims made in the presenting of this information.